Welcome to Monday Night Football in the Club, the I-80 Club. I'm Jack Mitchell along with Josh Peterson. Well, by the time you're listening to this, it's probably not Monday night anymore. But we do this on Monday nights. Our uh, our plan during football season is to jump on once the Monday night football game goes to halftime because we know a lot of people are uh, probably watching it. And uh, jump on, talk about uh, whatever's on our mind. Uh, might be Husker football that day. Might be go- what's going on with this game. Might be some other things. Might be the goings-on in the I-80 club. Uh, but jump on, uh, get a little third quarter in, and then dismiss everybody to watch the end of the game, uh, either on their own or in the club. So if you would ever like to be a part of this live, you can do that by subscribing to the I-80 club, patreon.com slash I-80. It gets you access to all of the Discord, like, uh, oh, it looks like about the 20 people or so that we have in so far tonight for this one. Uh, and it allows you immediate access. And even if you don't care about the Discord, you just want the podcast, you want them sooner, you can get them that way. Or if you just want us to keep doing this and you're liking the podcast uh, and you want to give us a reason to keep doing them, that would help greatly in making that actually happen. So tonight is a, uh, it's a, it, it's one of the nights I wondered about how it would go when we actually did. And that was, uh, that was looking ahead at the schedule and the nights that the Dallas Cowboys are on Monday Night Football because, uh, the co-founder of the I-80 Club, Josh Peterson, if you don't know, he is a very big Cowboys Psycho. fan. He's a big Cowboys fan. And they uh, go in, and he's feeling great right now with the Cowboys going in at halftime with the lead against a solid, yeah. unbeaten New York Giants team who's really showing, uh, I think, why why a lot of people are saying they're one of the best teams in the league this year. How's it going, yeah, Josh? That's what, they're, that's what they're saying. Hi, how are you, Jack? Good to hear from you. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. I've gotten I feel like I've been painted into this corner and and some of it might be my my own doing of like the detached person with Husker football. You're the crazy person. I'm the you know, we have a roles person. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I mean, at one point I was I was definitely not as detached with Husker football as I as I have become. Uh, Dallas is not that Dallas is is uh, I mean, you the, the reaction from you throughout the end of the first half as we were waiting to start this thing. I mean, bemusement, and, I, and I'm, I'm stealing that because Steve Sipple just tweeted that word at me, but laughter, you're, you, were having a, you were having a good time. And so I feel like you're pumped to be on the other it's, side of this equation. It very does. You know, I've, 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 I, after having a bye week where I had no, you know, uh, until, for the most part, until the Adrian Martinez thing happened, I had really no emotional connection to the football, nothing. I mean, I may have had a slight financial one, but no emotional, strong connection to it. So I was able to just sit down and in, enjoy, uh, and not be somebody who you know who's who's losing his mind at every moment during the course of the day. That was nice. Uh, and here I am tonight, and I've got no, you know, I got nothing riding on this game. I, I don't care who wins, and and usually you look like the same one while I'm either you know, crying or freaking out or screaming on the podcast. And so, yeah, I I think I do appreciate the role reversal tonight. I feel very in control. I feel very competent with my life. I feel very mature. It's, I, I mean, it's a really nice feeling to have right now. Well, I'm, ha- I'm happy for you. I'm happy to, I mean, like, you're right. We, like when we did the, when we did the first pod after the Northwestern loss, like that was a very emotional one. And I was, I felt very much like your therapist, just kind of guiding right. you and, and asking questions and, and poking and prodding, but maybe not in an inappropriate way. And, and just wanting to, you know, see how you were doing. And so now I guess you can do the same thing for me. 
as I watch my beloved Cowboys face off against my least favorite franchise in all of sports, the New York Football Giants. Yeah. I despise them. Their uniforms look nice, though. I like the. I do like the uniforms. The, oh, the, now they're I not. Love when Dallas wears the blues. Okay, so is that is that considered is that an alternate for Dallas or is no, that? No, it's it's their they they wear it rarely. They uh they wear it on the road and it's usually NFC East teams because like Dallas fan a lot of Dallas fans don't like them because they usually like they they think they lose in them and they perform poorly in them and so. Usually, it like NFC East teams will wear their white uniforms at Hold home. Hold on, to, quote, this is a dumb question. Now. What else do they have besides white? Then what's their? Or do they only wear white usually? So yeah, they wear white at home, and then they'll wear these on the road. Usually against like Washington, will wear white. So Dallas will play. Will wear their blues. New York sometimes like this. Sometimes Philadelphia. And then now that the NFL got rid of that stupid helmet rule. They wear their 1960s. Oh yeah, I don't. I don't like those. I don't like those. Oh what? Yeah, with I don't the, like with those. With the white helmet with the big blue star. Correct. I don't like those. Oh wow, bad take, Jack. I like. I like the ones we're wearing tonight. Uh, the Giants. The, I, it's kind of hard to call them. Giants the Gi- are pretty sweet. Yeah, I mean they're fine, but they're really not any. The the Giants like it, it. It's weird because the Giants and the Jets both did this thing. In, That's where they went old school. Well, they went old school and acted like it was new school. In about yep. 1990, mid-90s, not mid mid to late 90s, I think. Yeah, late 90s. Yeah. Where the, the, the Giants went from the helmet they're wearing now, which I remember them as a kid, and then they went to the NY, which was actually a throwback, and the Jets went from the, the, the green helmets to the white helmets as a new helmet, but that was actually a throwback, throwback, and now people are tired of the second round of the throwbacks for both of them. And they're ready to go to the the one before, which was the new one, but now it's a throwback. Am I confusing you yet? No, I I know exactly I know exactly what you're doing. So because I I remember when all these changed. When the Giants, it was funny. I was talking about this with my friends earlier. When the Giants changed to the NY helmets, I thought that was a cool move, and I liked it. I liked the classic. Look. I did not. And I thought that the the Giants helmets were very played out, and now they're wearing these, and I'm like, oh, they should go back to these again. Because these are way cooler. But I think part of that is the nostalgia of, like, I love 90s fashion. I love the look of the 90s. I love the logo. And I know that they wore those helmets in the 80s, too. But I don't know. I, yeah. I love that that look. And so they this look reminds me of the 90s. It, I mean, it reminds me of Lawrence Taylor is what it reminds me of. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, yeah. Fair. But fair. Is, And then their numbers are blue for this, and their numbers, otherwise their numbers are normally red. Is that the is that the other thing? Are they? Yeah, I think they are. I think, they're, I think their numbers are normal. I thought that they were always blue. No, I think they're... You're I, right. Oh, I, yeah. I, I, I think they're... Never really, yeah, you're right. I think they're normally red. It yeah, always yeah, is... Yeah. I'm looking at a picture of goofy-ass Eli Manning right now. Isn't yeah. it interesting in, in, like, all sports, like, Ill, ill-decided ill uniform changes? Like, mm. like in retrospect, they were terrible. Like, I, the one I always think of is a really dumb one, but it's in baseball. And it was when the Milwaukee Brewers went away from... The, the glove that they went back to now and went to like an M with a wheat, a, a piece of wheat or a hops, I guess it probably was on on it. That like the 90, late 90s, it was like the worst uniform change ever. Nobody ever in. And like the Astros went to the kind of the shooting star. There were a lot of them in baseball in that era. Who was this? The 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 first one was the Brewers and the second one was the Astros oh, okay. that I was that I was talking about. Like bad, like well, you know what? What another one is? Frankly, I'll say this: the Broncos. And I know it's old now. It's been like twenty years. 
since they did that. They did that in the I think I think that ninety seven year they won. when they won their Super Bowl in nineteen ninety seven. That was the first. That was year. the first year, but that was uh, that was a bad that was a bad change. That, that got worse. I loved it in the moment. Again, kids. I hated in nineties. Ten years old. I'm like these are sweet. Now I'm like go back to the old Orange Crush man with the baby blue helmets. As John always calls it, the horse D on the helmet. I love it. Those are sweet. The, I love the Those horse D. Awesome. Now yeah. here's here's we a weird fans of the horse D. here's a weird one. Now the Buccaneers, the creamsicle ones were always classic and cool, but I actually I think hated the creamsicle ones. I really, I, I mean, they yeah. were they at the time they seemed really weird, but now they seem cool. But I also think certain iterations of the Bucks current uniforms are some of the cooler ones in the NFL. Is that a yeah? Is, see, I've gone out on because they they changed the same year as the Broncos, and I liked it at, again as a kid. In the moment, I thought it was awesome. Now I don't know. I mean, if they change back to the creamsicle, I guess I'd be okay with it. I think they're going to bring them back. Really like, I don't really like either of them, but I I don't like the Bucks, so I think that probably plays a part in it for me. Yeah, maybe that's it. I don't know. I just I think like it, it it's interesting to look at like the good, really smart uniform changes and the ones. Yeah. Now that you have the benefit, like I'm trying to think of one that was like really good that like was a definite improvement at some point during that same period. And I don't, you know what? I just saw a highlight of them. Yeah. What the? It, it was kind of a throwback, but what the Chargers have done? Yeah. Like oh, Chargers like, uniforms are sweet. Like the '90s, '80s, '90s Chargers that was just navy, like the Junior Seau era. Those sucked. Those were not yeah. good. The dark blue, like you look at the highlights of them, and, yeah. and it's like sad. It's sad that they're wearing those uniforms. They're, they, those were some. Those were some bad, boring uniforms. But to some degree, the new ones that they brought back are kind of based on a throwback too, because they would do the powder blues uh, a couple of times a year, same way. Speaking of going back to old school, the Bills, you know, returning to the white helmets a few years ago, that was a yep. tremendous decision. Th- th- there's another one where, yeah, they the red ones were. I remember the when they went show, from yeah. the white to the red. It was it was same basically same otherwise else man those bills ones that they wore though in like the Drew Bledsoe era that you could argue the early two thousand ones you know as as bad as fashion could be in the nineties and the eighties and and all of those I think that at least in the NFL and and maybe in college too the early two thousands uh, put together some of the worst looks in all of football yeah oh yeah. Like the, I don't, you, what, you wonder what it was. Was it just the design of the era? Like, was it the graphic designers of the era? In I that don't moment? know. Like, I wonder why it was so bad. And, like, the Patriots one, like, I guess the really bad Patriots ones were a little before 2000. Like, look oh, at the ones they... Oh, Drew Bledsoe, like, with yes. the huge Patriot on the, the, on the shoulder yes, pads. Yes, they looked like they the, the ones the where they played the Packers, I think. Oh, horrible. Those horrible. Were, those were so bad. Yeah, those, those were, were so bad. Um, all right, so I guess you know we did our our pot on Saturday night. I don't know that a lot has changed in the in the world of Nebraska football. I guess I have I have just one thing that that I can start out with, and then I can see okay. where you want to go after that. I it, this and and I'll acknowledge that what I'm about to say is not Uh-oh. not Trev Alberts texting me or anything like that. It's my friends texting me and oh. like what we're you know I think a lot of us have a group t- chat or even. Just what's happened here in the I-80 club in the chat. I think I know where you're going with this. I'm, I'm interested. If we're okay, well, I don't know if you I, – I would just say that the coaches that uh, – the, there's been a significant change in the coaches that are getting mentioned in okay. those texts. That, oh. I, that's kind of where I thought you were going, but I and, thought you were going to mention someone specifically. Well, I will. Um, okay. uh, it, it has been – it has been less – well, I, I mean, I think this is very unsurprising. It's been less Campbell, but it hasn't necessarily gone to Leopold – it's been Aranda and Lane Kiffin in my texts. 
Interesting on Lane. I hadn't heard that from anybody. Aranda is the one that everyone that I talk to now has, yes. is mentioning. And, and, and maybe like, maybe that's more so. But there was some. I, I can try and find the Lane Kiffin stuff that there was somebody who tweeted something about it. Or, uh, I don't know where it came from exactly. I don't know that I believe it. But for some reason, it's all Aranda and a little Lane Kiffin talk. No Leopold talk. No Kleiman talk. No, uh, none of that. I wonder. I wonder where the the. Like I can't tell with the the Aranda stuff, like what is going on right now, um, because like for example, he, he's been on my number one. He's been my number one this entire coaching search, right? And and even before, like he was I, probably my number Wait, one last year. Can can you just but for for people who might and for me, I guess maybe as much as anything, yeah. why is he your number one? I, I and I don't think it's a. I mean, I'm not saying that because I think it's a a bad hire by any means, but yeah, I, there's not a lot of people that would have him number one. Why? It's funny because John and I actually both have him number one right now. Um, so it, it's a combination of a few things. One, uh, I think he is like a, I think he's a really good coach. So it obviously begins there. I love that he's young. He's only forty five years old. Oh really? Um, he, he'll actually be forty six in a few days. So he's he's young. He's he's younger than fifty. Um, he's coached at some huge high profile spots, you know, including LSU. Obviously, coaching the Big Ten at Wisconsin, which for me, like, I, I kind of have gotten to that point where I'm like, that, fine, it, it, that matters, cool, bring him on, he coached there. And I just like, man, like, I guess this goes back to the age thing, but what he did at Baylor last year and, and getting a guy on the upswing, like, I know that he does not have a whole lot of experience. He has been a head coach for 27 games and one, one season, one quote-unquote full season is the COVID year. But I just think he is, I think he is one of the best young coaches in football. And so, like, like when I look around the sport, and also I like how he builds Baylor. I like that it's line play, that he builds them inside and out. I think that that type of stuff is important. Um, so I, I, I like all that. And, and so, like, when I start comparing him to, you know, other other coaches, um, you know, like Leipold is, is a bit longer in the tooth. Uh, Bill O'Brien, you know, I, I, I can talk myself into him, but – you know, I don't know. I, I have some concerns. Matt Campbell, like you wonder if he's hit a ceiling as a coach or has he at least hit his ceiling at Iowa State, et cetera, et cetera. So that's – it's like a – some of it is definitely projecting. I will admit that some of it for him is projecting. So, okay, a couple things about Dave Aranda. Yeah, he's younger than I thought. He's, yeah, he's, he's super he's young, my age. which I love about him. He's my age. Um, yeah. Okay, another thing. I don't think he played college football according to his Wikipedia page. Like, it doesn't say anything about that. He went, he, he went to California Lutheran, and then he got his master's. He got his master's at Texas Tech? That must have been, okay. So here so here's what happened. He was a, in he was a 1995, he was a, a JV high school coach at Redlands, California. Then he went to Cal Lutheran. He was a linebacker's coach. That's where he went to college. Then he went to Texas Tech as a grad assistant from 2000 to 2002. Um, would have been under, was that Leach? Yeah. Under, under Mike Leach, where he got his master's degree, which is interesting. Mm. Uh, um, then then you met, then he went to Houston. He's a linebacker's coach. Cal Lutheran again. Dallas State. Southern Utah. Then he goes to Hawaii as a D-line coach. Becomes a defensive coordinator there in 2010. Defense coordinator at Utah State for one year, then he does the Wisconsin gig for three years, does the LSU gig for four years. So yeah, that's everywhere that. By the way, Jake Jake asked, 
kind of random, but why are we overly concerned whether uh, a coach has been in the Big Ten or not? Does it really matter if a coach has been in a conference some, or not? Some people like, think it does. Yeah, look, I, I, I was like Jake asking that question for years. Like, I just didn't I didn't care. Like, if you're good, you're good. I, I As I said, I mean, I've kind of gotten to the point where you're, you're twisting my arm behind my back, and I'm just going to say, uncle, like, let, let try it, try it. If a guy has Big Ten experience like that, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I think it can be a positive. The thing I like, though, about him is I think he plays a brand. I think he plays a brand of football that I think could be successful in the Big Ten. He has a said, you know, he said Urban seemed to do just fine. Urban coaching the SEC, which uh, I mean, I think is a better brand of football. So I feel like if you can succeed in the oh Jesus Christ, I feel like if you can succeed in the SEC, then you could definitely succeed. Oh, my God. NFL halftime is so fast. It's super. It's only fourteen minutes. It is. So, we were, my, we were watching the red zone preview yesterday. My son and I were, and I was like, "Oh man, every game but one is at half right now." I was like, "This sucks. There's not much to watch." And I swear, we we talked for two minutes, and then all of them had started again. It was, it's unbelievably fast. Here's a uh, here's here's a fun fact about Dave Aranda. He has a bachelor's degree in philosophy. Oh, there you go, helping out with the mental side of stuff. Yeah, he. Uh, he, he also sought out coaches to talk about the profession and became enamored with the book Thinking Body, Dancing Mind by sports psychologist Jerry Lynch, who's consulted with numerous championship teams and whose thinking has influenced Phil Jackson and Steve Kerr. Interesting. So he's up. So basically he's a Phil Jackson disciple is what I'd say. Yeah. What uh, say? So Josh says he's my top choice after I learn more and more, but I keep hearing that it's close to no chance he'll come are we setting ourselves up for a groin kick disappointment if it's not him so that's kind of where i was getting at the original part of the discussion was um that that like his name has suddenly popped up over the last few days and i can't tell like i was at a family gathering for example today or on uh on uh saturday and his name came up with a bunch of family and they were like i've i've heard he'll come now i i don't think that my uncle and grandpa have like really good sources on this. I'll be honest. So I don't know where they're don't know where they're hearing that. But simple mentioned it today in the Husker online chat that he's kind of like keeping his eye, you know, on, on him. And so I'm just, I'm trying to figure out, is there some smoke that we should be paying attention to with, uh, with Dave, or is it just kind of wish casting and like, well, Hey, if Nebraska wants it, maybe they could get him. Okay. Do let me ask you this. Does his connection or his at least co-working, with Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush play into your thinking on his likelihood at all. Does his what? His 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 connection, the fact that he was a coworker with Mickey Joseph and Bill Bush. No, I don't like the thing I that I I guess I don't think they're going to get him. My thought would be they're not going to get him because he likes the spot that he's at and he probably thinks he can succeed more at Baylor. And you know now, now that the the playoff is for sure expanding like, what would have been a huge sell for Nebraska? Like, hey, come here and try to win a national championship or make the playoff. Like, the Big 12 is going to have an auto bid, essentially, since it's going to go to the top six teams. Like, I, I think it'd probably be easier to make the playoff at a school like Baylor. Now, I mean, last year, Jack, in a 12-teamer, Baylor makes the CFP. Whereas at Nebraska, you know, most of the time you're talking about being a top two. You're talking about being a top three or four in the league and that you know so i don't know it's just like it's a little in my opinion it'll be a little bit harder yeah may, maybe I, ju- I i just wondered what people because mickey joseph name checked him last week mm. in a in a press conference yeah which i thought i just i, I thought was 
I thought was interesting. And and if if there is and, and you sense that there is some desire, at least from administration, to keep Mickey Joseph there, like yes, would you would you be uh, again? Maybe he wouldn't say yes, but would that be a reason that you give him a little extra check mark in his uh, when you're? I don't know if that's how he does it. If he just gives people check marks for positive or plus marks, maybe for positives. Uh-huh. Or maybe as a whiteboard says pro con for each one. I don't know how big of a pro that is. That I would I would assume there's a decent chance Mickey Joseph stays uh, with him, maybe more than other coaches because they've got a previous relationship. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought of it from that perspective before. Get one, yes. <laughs> I, and, Third and back, I, baby. I don't know, like, okay, I think, so the thing about Lane Kiffin is he's really crabby about what kind of attendance they're getting at Ole Miss games right now. Oh, is that what's going on? I'll yeah. be honest, I haven't really, le- sadly, I haven't really read or, or paid attention. No, I wouldn't have known it either until, I wouldn't have known that except that one of my one of my friends texted me this, um, but uh, during his avail- media availability Monday, Kiffin was asked about his fan support. He took the opportunity to take a dig at the fans. Uh, while making clear his teams can't worry about what's going on. Here's what he said. Regardless of what you come out to before the game or at halftime, when you come back out, you run out of the tunnel. It looks like a high school game played in a college stadium. You can't let that affect you. There's psychology to that, obviously. There's a home field advantage for a reason. And when it goes the other way, you kind of have that feeling. Are we still really playing in a game here? The players have to fight that. We use that as a learning lesson for our guys. So, obviously, I mean, there's a lot of re- – you'd have to read a lot into that to get anything, you know, about the Nebraska game. But well, but maybe there's some level that... of frustration about yeah, what – Yeah, well, I, I – so a couple things. First of all, Jack, would it would it concern you that the Nebraska – the next Nebraska head coach has been critical of other fan bases before? Because oh, I know you do not want to deal with this type oh, of stuff. I don't so like that. You're right. I'm not a fan of that. I'm yep. not a fan so of that at all. Maybe put that in the negative for for uh, for Lane. Kiffin. I never thought uh, that would be. He was. He's one of the people I would think would be least likely to do that. Uh huh. Uh huh. But meanwhile, he's going after fans left and right. Sad. He's like Bo Pelini. What's next? An audio tape where he <laughs> rips on Tom Chattel. Um, Lane, in all seriousness, Lane no, Kiffin's I'm, Bo Pelini. Yes. Yeah. Fuck you, Tom Chattel. Like, geez, Lane, settle down. You just got here. Um. In all seriousness, though, so we had Stephen Godfrey. Uh, uh, I don't really know if we pimp podcast on here too much, but Split Zone Duo is my favorite college football podcast outside of the I-80 Club, of course. Um, we had him on the show a couple weeks ago. He he went to Ole Miss. That's, that's his alma mater. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not a fan of Ole Miss by any means, though. Uh, he, he was reporting last year on their podcast that, like, if Lane gets an offer from a good school, like, he will – oh, God! He'll absolutely take it. Like, he thinks Lane wants to leave. He thought that he might go to, like, Miami if Miami came calling. Okay. Okay. So it makes me think, like, Lane is gettable. I just, again, like, is he gettable at a school like Nebraska or is he gettable at a school that's in the South? Yeah. uh, Listen, I think he's – the money's right. I think he's gettable at Nebraska. Yeah. I I mean – Yeah, what's his salary? Uh, let me check. Let me check. Um, let's see who wins. Lane Kiffin's salary, 7.25. Okay, well, they have to open it up. I think they're going to pay more than that for the record. But, like, not a a, a ton, Okay, let's say you you offer Lane Kiffin $8 million a year. Is that enough of a pay bump given all of the difficulty? No. So that's what you're probably looking at 9 or 10 if you're offering. uh, Yeah, you're you're looking at 9 or 10, but. 
you know, what, but what up? I mean, how many, uh, what kind of an opportunity is he going to have to stay in the South at a, at a better job than, than Ole Miss? Yeah. First of all, how, first of all, I guess I assume Ole Miss is a good job. Like, I assume it's a better job than Nebraska. Is that, is that not obvious? Um, I mean, the problem is they're in the SEC West. So, you know, I mean, automatically they're behind. They're behind Alabama every, I mean, you know, all the time. And so, so here's the SEC West. Bama, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Mississippi State. Like, I mean, that's a brutal, brutal, brutal division. And then on the other side, you got Florida, you have Oregon, or uh, uh, Georgia, and you have Tennessee, among other schools. And even Kentucky right now. So, like, it's, you know, six of one, one and a half dozen of the other. SEC, I think, certainly is a tougher league. Now, the SEC is probably about to go away from divisions, just like the Big Ten is, so... But is it easier to recruit to Ole Miss or is it easier to recruit to Nebraska? Yeah, like I, I assume Ole Miss – I mean, I give the SEC – being in the SEC a huge – that gets a huge bullet in, in, in the rankings. And I feel like Ole Miss has some tradition. Is it weird, though, that their stadium was that empty for an unbeaten team? I, mean, they were, I know they were playing Tulsa, but is that weird? The I four, don't think so. I think that's kind of like – I know they got the growth – and I know they got the Grove and they got the stuff going on outside. And maybe people just don't come in because yeah. it's so great. But, like, they play Kentucky this week at 11 a.m. It'll be interesting to see. That'll be a good crowd because Kentucky's, what, they're they're, they're closer. Seventh. They're, they might be in the top ten, right? They're seventh. Yeah, they're yeah. seventh. Yeah. Hey, by the way. You can make a case Ole Miss has the least amount of prestige in the SEC West. That is true. Let me look at real quick. I'm looking back at the SEC West. Obviously, Bama, Auburn. LSU, they've won the league titles in recent years. I think, okay, so Texas A&M is, is, you know, the newest, among the newest members in the league with Missouri. Texas A&M is the only other SEC West school that has never made an SEC championship game. Even Arkansas has and even Mississippi State has. Now, it's been a while for both of those schools, but Ole Miss for, you know, like, like you know, for, for all the positives, okay. supposed okay. positives, they never even made the, the division Ma- or the uh, conference championship. Speaking of uniforms, maybe I'm just being unfairly weighed by their oh, awesome great uniforms. uniforms. Great uniforms. By the way, you, the you, all the blue. talk has been about the, you know, kind of the round robin between Kleiman, Leopold, uh, Campbell, Aranda, that whole thing. But under the, t- uh, uh, under the radar... Uh, it is uh, Mark Stoops versus Lane Kiffin in an elimination game on Saturday oh, for the Nebraska yeah. head coaching Yeah, we're focused job. too much on Big 12 territory. Yeah, there's an SEC elimination game this Saturday. Mm-hmm. And however full the stands are is going to be very important. By the way, there's a lot There's a lot you can learn by watching that game. A lot riding on it. A lot hey, riding on that. you su- support the sellout streak because if, if you have a chance at Lane Kiffin and he sees that the sellout streak ended, yep. maybe be like, nah, I'm uh, You know what else you should do? Not tweet constantly about how empty the game is because Lane might see it. Oh, yeah. you. Uh, we never got a chance to talk about this on the pod. You were very triggered by this a few I, weeks ago. I, uh, yes, I was. It, 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 and, and here's the, – the what was it? It was – so I was at the Georgia Southern game, and I, okay. I tweeted – I wanted to note. I was trying to be positive uh, that the the Wi-Fi, both both the Wi-Fi and my own cell signal in and around the stadium is like ten thousand times better than it has ever been in my life uh, this oh, year. Oh, awesome! I I don't know why, but like it was it it was like I couldn't even send texts during games in the past in some cases, and before the Georgia Southern game, I was watching the Iowa Iowa State game on my phone streaming, and it was totally clear. Oh, wow. Um, 
So that's how much better that it was. Was it as clear as the Pac-12 network on Saturday night? <laughs> well, was, I don't know because I didn't really watch the latter. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but and, and so I mentioned that. And, and like half the responses or more were like, that's because there's fewer people here from from, from Nebraska. Which, I mean... I don't. I don't know what the pay, the attendance, the paid attendance was, but it looked. It was mostly. It looked full. like any modern last decade, Correct. somewhat yeah, crummy some Nebraska thousand, game. Pretty much full. Pretty I much. I could full. see empty seats, but yeah, like like it's it's full like it always. is. I don't know. I, I there, so there uh, uh, there's a sector of the fan base, who and and then, the the Oklahoma game, the amount of people saying, oh, it's going to be so empty in the second half. It just like they went to it so much, like they were. Like they really wanted that to be a, was a big deal to them, um, or something like that. Which it didn't surprise me that it was empty in the second half. It was a it was a huge disappointment for how it was going. I they think, were they I, were out of the game. But I think real quick, I, Josh, I think what it is, I think where it's it's rooted in, is people who are bitter that there's so much of an effort to keep the sellout yes, streak alive, yes. maybe even through somewhat artificial means. And they want to, and 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 that's what they're pissed off about, I think. That I think plays a part in it, and I also think that a big thing is that just like the story of Nebraska's fan base, and when come on, when um, like when coaches have gotten fired in the past, one of the telltale signs for it to happen was like the the stadium being empty, you know, or emptying out, like. The the the, fame, the first example that I can remember, of course, was the first time that head coach was fired in, in our lifetimes, and that was Frank Solich, the 2003 Kansas State game. Like, that was a disaster. Steve Peterson was walking around telling boosters, like, basically he's going to fire Frank. Um, you know, of course, the Bo, or the uh, Bill Callahan era. Oh, my like gosh. The, Those, that Oklahoma State, that Texas, the Oklahoma State, yes, that Texas, Texas yeah. A&M game, yeah. Yeah, horrible, horrible. I guess Bo never really had one of those. I mean, they just always got killed by teams randomly, but it wasn't – I don't know. I don't really remember the Exodus thing. The, Mike Riley, the very end of his run, you know, the stadium was, was pretty bad. And then, yeah, it, it happened this year. And I, I guess the Oklahoma scenario is a little different, or the game's a little different because by that point, Frost is already fired. But yeah. I think that's why it's – I think that's why it's such a talking point. There are it's, like, so, it's just th- a sign of bad things. Josh, there are fans – and I, and I don't know that there are any of them here listening to us live in the Discord, but there are fans that have that that wanted Frost to be fired, and and now I I will admit they were right last year, and I was wrong when they wanted to do that, but they have gotten their muscle memory so attuned to making that argument that they couldn't stop doing it during the Oklahoma game, and so? and I felt I felt like I had to tell people like you realize they fired him right. See, it's funny that you say that because I what I have noticed, and this is just like in the whether it's the circle of friends that I'm in or or knowing how people lean on Twitter in the Husker football discourse, I I noticed more of a like kind of a weight being lifted off of the the people who wanted Frost fired, and I noticed oddly enough more positivity from them, and I noticed more of the negativity actually coming from the oh, other side. Maybe that's who I was getting it from then. Maybe yeah. they're the and, ones I mean, who said this. Again, small. So this is a very small sample yeah. size, but that's what I've noticed in, in the, know. You know, the short. I just time. I, 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 this. I don't mean to belabor something I talk about all the time, but there's just this weird dysfunction in this fan base that they want. They are very passionate about pointing out how bad 
things are to people who obviously already know. That's it. Yeah. I, I don't know what and, and for whatever reason it strikes it hits me wrong on game days. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know why and I have to and I have to argue and uh like you know that whole tweet about Colorado potentially being the worst Power Five team like I just I just went in on people who were who uh, it was it was annoying but anyway nonetheless yeah uh, uh and by the way Lane Kiffin just back to Lane Kiffin real quick. So his schedule, that Kentucky game will be big. Mississippi at Vanderbilt. Uh, they've got at Vanderbilt. Then they got Auburn, LSU, A&M, Alabama, uh, t- uh, Arkansas, Mississippi State. They do avoid Georgia this year. But what I wanted to ask you, Josh, is I, I actually remember when they hired Riley, um, like making, you know, we were doing the same thing then that we did now, just in a shorter period of time. But I remember bringing up to somebody, Lane Kiffin, at that time, and I don't even know where he was at that time. Probably if would he, have been FAU at that time, right? Oh, it prob- yeah, probably was FAU. And, like, it was almost like when you brought that up, it was almost like a joke. Yes, because right? he was still in that kind it of was, laughing it, it was almost like Deon, people bring up Deion Sanders now or something. I don't know if that's the best example. Um, but – but or whatever. But it was like a joke. Like, there's no way any – like, that would be a giant, crazy gamble. Has he he's, has he rehabilitated whatever that was at that point that much through through what the assistant being the assistant in Alabama and then um, and then doing the what was his last coaching gig before Ole Miss that was FAU, FAU. right yeah 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 I think he has like, like how though what was what was was it just that he had that it ended so unceremoniously that USC went so bad that that fans had a bad taste in their mouth for ten, uh, oh, at Tennessee Oh you saying like why was it so bad or are you saying why did it why did it improve? Both like both. how did it get okay. so like how did he get he seemed to be a like a joke a candidate and now he's been almost you know mostly completely rehabilitated of whatever that was So he is right now he's 47 so when he when he got hired by the Raiders, that his first season as a Raiders head coach, he was thirty two. Oh yeah, the Raiders. That's what it was. That's yeah. Right. And so that that I mean, he got fired, you know, in his second year. Then he goes to the Vols. He's there for a year, and at this time, he's only thirty four. He's my age, and then he goes to USC for a few years. Gets fired on the tarmac, and so he was. I, I think that he was a you know, young brash cocky dude and i think that that was to his detriment and and i'm guessing that you know there were people that viewed his his hiring or his his rise within the the sport of football nfl and college because of his dad because of being monty kiffin's son and so i think by the time he got fired at usc he was let's see he was 38 so he's still young um, and so I think that people really love dancing on his grave because he was kind of an asshole, you know, like, and, and, and I think he would admit that too. But and, like I mean, he, he doesn't come off as, and, and, and I want you going because I think this is what you were saying, but he, he does. And now instead of coming off as an asshole, he comes off as more of like a fun loving. Yeah. Fun loving yeah, measured. Guy. I think he's matured a lot. And I think, so that's the thing. He goes to Bama. Like the reason that Alabama is, is what Alabama is now. Or like the offense, like he was the guy who jump started that. He was the guy who kick started Alabama, not winning ten to seven, but winning you know forty five to forty two. He was the OC of their national championship team the year that they did the onside kick versus Clemson. 
Um, and, and, you know, then he goes to FAU. And so then he's head coach again and he's successful. And obviously, you know, now he's, he's at Ole Miss and he's had success there. So I think it's, you know, for me, like, why do I think Lane Kiffin's a good coach? Well, I think he's matured. I think he's learned from his mistakes. I genuinely think that he has learned from his mistakes. And I think that what he has done at at his last two stops, I think shows that, you know, at, at FAU, he went 26 and 13. And then at Ole Miss, he had a five and five year, you know, during COVID. Then he went ten and three last season, and now this season, you know, they've gotten off to a four and zero start. Now the season's about to become a bear for him, right? Um, yeah, so, but I, I think he's like an actual good coach. Like, you know, okay. like do, do I think he'll win a national title? No, but I think he could win a conference title at the right stop. If you go by my my metric that we've talked about before, where I said I am interested in Nebraska hiring someone who has had proven extended success at the power five level. Is there anybody that seems like a serious candidate now who has a better claim on that than Kiffin? No, I don't think so. Say it again. Say the question again. Well, well, you know how I said, I've said this to you a few times here in the I-80 club that the one route Nebraska's not gone down with any of its hires is, is a coach that has had extended success at a, at the Power Five level as a head coach, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mike Riley, I would not say had extended success at Oregon no. State, um, and and maybe you could agree. You, you you could argue Kiffin hasn't either. Although I mean, he's got. Yeah, he, this is crazy. I didn't even realize this. He's never had a losing losing season at the Power Five level. Really? Even when he got fired by uh, at, or uh, USC, his his records. Listen to his records at USC, eight and five. Ten and two, seven and that team was good. Seven and six, and then he was three and two when they fired him. Okay, I thought that they were under five hundred. Oh, Saquon. Yeah, that was bad. Uh-oh. You can hear me slap? No, I I saw it. I slapped my chair. You could hear it in the background. Uh, he is. Can you like? Does that surprise? He was okay. He was five and, and he five. Was five and seven at FAU. Yeah, but that's not I was in Power Five schools though. In Power Five, mm. he was five and five in the COVID year at Ole Miss. Yeah, still went to a bowl and won it though. Yeah, like there, I don't know. There's another coach out there right now that we would say is a serious candidate that has that proven and that extensive experience as a head coach in a Power Five school. Yeah, Dave Aranda, not enough experience. Not enough. For this discussion, Campbell, Campbell has not shorter. had as big of a ceiling. He's made one. He's made one New Year's Six Bowl, um, and then uh, Bill O'Brien only coached two years. Now he obviously has a lot of NFL experience, but yeah, only coached two years. I and think after that you're looking at like Leipold. He's only in his second year ever in the Power Five, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I think Kiffin is my top candidate. Really, over everybody else. I think he might be. I, I, it's changing constantly, but the more I think about this, I think ah. he, I think he might be for me. I'm taking a screenshot of all of these people saying WTF, so I hope that everyone's okay with. To that. me, no, everyone is just saying OMG WTF, OMG WTF. Oh no, they are saying it to me. Yeah, they hate, they hate. Oh this. yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was just, and then I, I guess I make sure everyone knows I'm taking this and I'm tweeting it out from the I80 Club because it's so funny. Uh, it, okay, and so I want to know from um, everybody who does not like this, what what is it because he was a jerk in his earlier years? Is that what it is? Or, like, what is it exactly? Uh, what What's the argument, against, the strong argument against Lane Kiffin? Because I don't. 
Jim and O'Neill. Jack? Question mark, question mark, question mark. <laughs> we don't even know if he's good. He's got the most extensive proven record in Power 5 of any coach we're talking about. He's got the most extensive success in Power 5 that anyone we're talking about. He had a winning record at Tennessee. Jake says he sucked at Tennessee. He was only there for he had, one he year. He had a winning – I don't get it. He had a winning record in the one year there. Now, there were some – that goes to what Josh was talking about, but – Coming in the first jackass, he know? tied for second in the division. That was so long, and you know what? Too, let me pull it up real fast. So that was Tim Tebow's last year. Wait, and, wait I, I got but, I've got so many people just killing me, and I I still don't yeah. have many reasons. Yeah, they that was Tim Tebow's last year. I think Tennessee was like a huge dog. They only lost by ten in that game. I remember going into it thinking like, oh, this is hilarious, Lane Kiffin, and they kept it really close. They only lost to eventual national champion Alabama by two points. They. They had a game-winning field goal blocked at the very end of the game. You know? Yeah, he was – I like Lane. He's not my number one, but I like Lane. Is there anything since 2013 that that anybody's got – I mean, and even if 2009 at Tennessee, what, 14 years ago, if that's still sticking in your yeah, craw? it's so long ago. It's so long ago. Like, I still – I just I, – I don't – I don't get the – I don't know. Uh, now, Jim, that's a fine argument. He preferred Leipold uh, other than over Kiffin because he's won everywhere it's when. It's splitting hairs, to be honest. But I think people think Kiffin has had all these terrible years. He's had one losing year as a head coach at Flor, and it was at Florida Atlantic. If Kiffin, if Kiffin wasn't immature, you know, back then, if or if he was just like a normal sounding dude, if he was like Lance Leipold's attitude with his resume. First of all, he wouldn't be at Ole Miss anymore. He'd be somewhere else. I think that's kind of why he's still there. It's just like, you know, I think people view him as a as kind of a weird pariah still. Wow, uh, Jake. He's gone from 50th on my list to 47th. Wow, this is crazy. I'm stunned at all the Lane Kiffin hate. Uh, like, uh, people on. people are just, like, assuming, like, everyone knows why that's that bad, and that's what I don't uh, – that's what I don't understand. Yeah, but, I am surprised that you okay. have him number one. But, 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 but again – I will say this one more time. One of my major criteria is someone who's had extended proven record at the Power 5 level. I, I'm not saying it's my only one, but that's probably more important to me than it is to a lot of other people. I just don't know. I also want Whitting, uh, Whittingham was the other guy I wanted, and I know he's basically out of the conversation, yeah, so, but he was the other so guy old. I wanted from, yeah. from the beginning. Yeah, he, I was, wish my, he was younger. He, yeah, that that's a strike against him. Lane Lane's kind of got that. Lane's got enough connection here that I don't think he's going to jet right away the first chance he gets. See, and I'll say this. That, I don't care about guys moving on because if they move on on their own volition, that means that they were good enough to get hired somewhere else, and that means Nebraska's good again. So I have, like, I used to be like that. Like, that was a huge positive for Frost, right? Like, if Frost gets Nebraska good, he's never going to leave. And maybe that would have been true, but I don't know, man. I just... Like, if, if, if you're a good program, you can replace guys, you know, that move on but put your your place in a good spot. Like, even look at Baylor. Baylor has gone through some – I mean, they had, obviously, one of the, the biggest, you know, issues, controversies, you know, uh, over the last decade. But certainly the biggest one, not counting Penn State. And they have survived three separate coaches. And they've, they've won uh, the conference under two of them. And I think they've made a New Year's Six Bowl under all of them. You know, so like, yeah. I don't know if a guy got Nebraska good and then he bounced. Like, I don't know. I don't view that as a negative. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I just, uh, I honestly, of the rest of them, 
I wouldn't. I certainly wouldn't be disappointed with Aranda, but I do have. I just. I am a little concerned. He's not proven enough as a head coach. Yeah. Um. As a, as a he head, then that's the biggest knock for me against him. But I again, he's he's still my like, number one. I would honestly feel more comfortable with Leipold than Aranda for that reason. Now I understand Leipold's has not been. It's at you know at Buffalo and at, but I I think some experience is valuable there yeah. so i'm i'm a little more comfortable and i just don't know how to weigh matt campbell's experience with all those other ones then yeah yeah he's i don't know i like the pr job is going to be important for the hire like you know explaining and i guess to the fan base um come on but um uh, i don't know like matt campbell the lack of of like Bonafide success over the last couple of years, I think. I mean, look, it, it, it's early, right? They could still go on a nice run and, and maybe make the conference championship game. But I, I said it earlier; it just seems like he has hit his ceiling. He be- and I can't tell. I can't tell if he's hit his ceiling as a coach or if he has just hit his ceiling at Iowa. I State. feel like his name you know, his name peaked in this search one week before Frost was fired. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I would say his name peaked two years ago. You know, I'd say his, his name peaked in in twenty twenty. And you know, I will say this too: like the COVID year. Um, like the further we get away from that, like if, if there are outliers for programs, I like it, the COVID season explains it, you know, like Nebraska was bad that fit in with everything else under frost. Alabama was good. That fit in it with everything in Alabama, Iowa state and programs like Iowa state though, um, like for North Carolina, North Carolina went to a near six bowl, you know, so did Iowa state, but are those outliers or were those signs of growth? The further we get away from it, I think we're going to just view them as outliers. Uh, what are they on the, in the chat? These guys are talking about how Sipple is is high on Mickey Joseph today. I just what, what I, like high on him for getting the job. Yeah. What? He now he no he, he has so there's two so he is he has approached it like what if they go on a nice little run? So first of all. Like yes, what it okay? That's a different scenario than we're ta- talking them reality though. I just I don't look. I don't think that he wants to be a head coach. I don't think that he wants to be a head coach. And they will not go on a nice little run. I'm, so like I don't. Like I'm, that's why I feel like a jackass because I just don't even entertain this discussion. I'm almost there, Josh. I will talk about that if they. Uh, I will start talking about that if they win. Uh, what? Who's after Rutgers? Is that Illinois or Purdue? After Rutgers, uh, Purdue, Purdue. Okay, if and then if they win the next two games, I'll start having that conversation. I just yeah. don't even think it's a I, dude. They got to win the next three for me to enter. Like if they win the next two, like props for for oh you know, stop Josh. If they win the they next three, something. I'm out of control. Okay. Yeah, I know you are. Uh, they, if, they win that, they have a good first quarter, and you might be out of control. Let's if they it. beat, if they win those two at home and then win at Purdue, uh, yeah. Come on. Yeah. Did you get in? Who was it? Yeah, I'm, remember, I'm ahead of you. No, I know. I'm not, that's why I'm asking him. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I don't care about the spoiler. I don't care. Who get, who scores, oh, okay, though? Cool, like, cool. what player? Uh, It was Zeke. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, I, I just... Uh, real quick, there was a comment that Travis says, Sip will be for whoever is in the chair while they're in the chair. That's true. Sip is a big, you know, not doubt coaches guy, except for Mike Riley. Um, but for the most part, he will... He gives the grace to... He's done it to basically every head coach that's not Mike Riley. I feel he did like it with I, Callahan. He did it obviously with Solich. He did it with Bo, and he did it with Frost. That's jo- just kind of his nature. Josh, I do, I feel like I'm covering ground that we've covered before with it, and not that we're. I mean, this is responding to Sipple more than anything, but 
like, I don't believe he's being put in a fair tryout whatsoever. Like, I, no, I like, not. if he goes through with one win the rest of the season, things seem so bad and dysfunctional and everything that, like, I would, I would, if I ever had to evaluate him later down the road as head coach, I would pretty much wave that away. Okay. Yeah. And wipe yeah. the slate clean. But I also fully acknowledge, though, at the same time, that in order for for me and I think for Trev to really seriously consider him, it's got to be it's got to be something that would seem spectacular now, which might not be in, in terms of record, but it means at least getting to a bowl. I think. Yeah, and so I mean, just say that out loud. So that means they got to go five and three, like which. I mean, and if he did that, Look, I would welcome the conversation. I would too, because yeah, I would as well. Even though I would still rather they hire somebody else, but I you would have to welcome it because that means he's turning this shit show into a bull team. The defense can't stop anything. Every opponent they lose to like looks worse the the following yeah. week. You know they're not losing to like great teams. They're not playing Alabama every week. And like Oklahoma, I think is good and they'll be fine. But they're a flawed football team. Northwestern is a tire fire. And they moved the ball up and down the field on them. Georgia Southern is in year one under a head coach that wants to throw, and they were previously an option program. So, like, if if he and Bill Bush and everybody else was able to turn that into a team that can go to a bowl game, like a lot of us would have to say, "Oh, wow, this guy has something special to him." Yeah, but I, I you got to get that there. Loud, but it's and just I get to the point where I'm just like, "But it's not going to." But it's just like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, Josh, it it re, we again oh, ground we've covered. But yeah. and I don't believe the transitive property is the end all be all. But let's be honest, every single game that has gone terribly, I mean, pretty much every game has gone terribly, uh, with except for certain se- sections, they seem worse now after the fact. Yes. Uh, and and you thought things were bad. Every every indicator right now, it, it, not only the way teams have performed afterwards. Um, but just what they've been through sort of from a, a mentally emotional standpoint, the transition that goes along with it and injuries that have happened since those games, frankly, um, Prohaska, AJ Allen for, uh, in particular, like I, I'm, I'm a super optimistic uh, person and I think there's a decent chance that they'll, they'll still be weirdly good some week. I think that'll happen, but man, I would I would be impressed if they got three or more of the rest yeah, of them. Me too. I would me be. Too. I would be legit Dude, impressed. I'd be impressed if they got more than two. Two is, I think, my ceiling right now. Yeah, yeah. I think. I just. I. I it's just a weird time for uh, that for to to be going down that road to be beating that drum. We have to. I think John John says it on your show all the time, and I think he's right. And maybe you do too. But he's like. I'm I'm just not ready to have that conversation yet. We got to see, we got to see. Definitely. So definitely, yeah. Uh, all right. Wow, that was fun. That was the the Dave Aranda Lane Kiffin show. Yeah, that was lively. Yeah, I, I. And so now this is great. So, uh, we still actually haven't locked down all the details for Saturday. Oh yeah. But we we will be doing one of these on Saturday. Um, where Jack gets to be the crazy person during a, during a show. Yes. Um, instead of just me. But the fun thing about that one, though, maybe not so fun if you're the 26th person, is that we will have the video on on Discord. So if you want to join us, 
what are we doing, Jack? We are giving we, – we are only allowing for the VIPs in, right? Yeah, I think – so – I think – so here, I have an idea, though, which okay. I, I, I think that's fair to the VIPs that they get first dibs on it. If there aren't 25, we can open it up below that. But here, okay. here's, I think, the other thing we can do. There may be people who are not all that interested in necessarily watching watching the game on their computer screen, for instance – what I'm thinking is maybe we make a uh, – I understand we normally use the internal chat during during games uh, or during – in those video rooms. But maybe we make – we do what we're doing right here with the show stage chat uh, for oh, that I game. See. And that way who aren't anybody, can, anybody can be in that. Uh, is that uh, – now, they won't necessarily get our audio, but they can be in that. That's my, that's yeah, my, I mean, that's my best idea that so far. Would, only issue with that would be – like the positive about doing the video is we're all we're literally going to watch it together on Discord, right? right. And so we'll all be watching it live. Right. Whereas outside of that, that's true. Could you could do that in any of the ahead. chat rooms. Yeah, you're right. That, that was kind of dumb. So I say that if people want to chat with each other. Like, all right, sorry, we'll keep the chat in internal. Uh, how many how many purples did you say we have? VIPs. What was that? How many VIPs do we have? We have more than twenty five. Um, more than twenty five. So maybe we ought to put no, up a, put up a thing and ask who's interested. The game. Yeah, some will go to the game. Some just don't want to do that, which I get. I totally get too. And by the way, we are only if, if you're just hearing about it now, uh, we're just going to do it for the for the second half. Um, yes, I, I have a soccer match at six thirty. I'm hoping to be home by nine, and I immediately will come into the office and uh, and and hop on. So I mean, for sure. I mean, unless the game is moving at incredible pace, I will be on. We will be on for the whole fourth quarter. Okay. And then hopefully, I hopefully will turn that. it on. I will turn it on no matter what, starting in the second half. How about this from Josh? VIP merch buyers get first dibs. Well, well, well. Now, now That's we're, good. Now we're now we're now have to look up and see who all that is. But yes. Yeah. Now we'd have to figure out who bought stuff. And also, we need to make sure, Jack, that I have a spot saved in there. Oh, I think right. I because it's not it's not you and me plus twenty five people. No, you're it's right. twenty five people counting you and me. Crap. Yeah, you may have yeah. to log. You may have to uh, have to log in yeah, on the road. I don't know, but I think we're gonna have to announce when we're opening it in case people start getting in. I'm hoping we're gonna have just about exactly twenty five people interested from yeah, the VIPs. Too. That's me my too. hope because I know a few of you have already said you're you're going. So yeah, um, we'll try and work this out. We're not, but just. Uh, just we don't want to screw anybody over on this who wants to be a part of it so um this fr screw this rule this 25 people rule in these video rooms. i know it's so stupid it's so stupid. sucks so yeah we'll be back uh we'll do the usual uh, saturday morning coffee show so that will be going up on saturday morning at 9 30 ish like usual um and then we will instead of doing a saturday night after dark where we talk about all the games during the day we will do that during the game itself and so that will be a uh a whole lot of and fun. then, and then a heads up for the weekend after. Josh is going to be getting ready to to run right that weekend in Chicago. Yeah. So yeah, the the following weekend, I'm we're, you and I are. I know we're still in talks about doing something. Um, maybe on Saturday afternoonish, but I am out uh, Saturday morning, and I'll be out on doing like if we wanted to even do like a well, Sunday thing. Like I'm I'm out for. And we probably time. wouldn't have done a post game anyway because we don't want to compete with our own post game shows. Because yeah, on so, Friday night. Yeah, but yeah, Saturday, yeah. I think afternoon might actually be a good time with some games on and and yeah. have the game be tw you know a little less than 24 hours out. 
But yeah, we'll because mostly on Saturday, I'm just going to be chilling at the hotel, just relaxing yeah. ahead of. So ahead we'll of we'll put up a ton. We'll put details up for that next week. And yes, those yeah. uh, Travis asked, do we have merch now. We do have merch now. Uh, easiest way to find it is there is a uh, up in the public area. There is a merch channel, and I have the link pinned in there to go to the merch store. Uh, if you uh, want to, if you want to buy something, uh, there's 15 percent off for the next 12 days, two weeks from when we started it. So if you're going to just for your own savings, do it then. The only other thing I'd say is we are uh, working on a few other designs that we're going to put in there. If you like some, but you yes. think you might like something more, you like a color, like you'd like something that shows up better on black. Uh, we are going to have options for that. It's just taken a while to get approved. I'm like I'm waiting to do mine because I want a hat. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, buy it if you want. Don't if you don't. Uh, I think we've I've I've put down the prices on all the things that are in our store because they were giving us a commission, like a big commission we didn't need. So I've turned those way down. But if you see something that seems way too high, tell me. I might maybe I can turn it down more a little. So um, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, anything else we need to hit before we let Josh no, enjoy no. this fourth Download, quarter? Subscribe, tell your friends. Um, as always, we appreciate we appreciate everyone for uh, for becoming patrons. And if you are listening to this later and you are not a patron already, that means that it's at the very latest or the very earliest, rather, it is Thursday. Uh, if you want to join in on the fun, we do these three times a week normally: Saturday morning, Saturday night, and Monday night. And it is a blast, and we laugh, and we tell stories, and we probably will continue talking about the coaching search for many months to come. Yep. So if you like what you hear and you want to support us, you can do so by becoming a patron today at patreon.com slash i80club. Next official show will be Saturday starting the second half, starting with me, and it'll be an experiment. Oh, other thing uh, we probably should. Oh, no, and coffee show. Don't forget about coffee oh, show. Oh, coffee show. We still have coffee show. Coffee My bad. Show. Coffee show. Oh, yeah, good, good coffee show. Um, and then, and then the, uh, and then the start in the second half of, of the football game, uh, there was one other, oh yeah, but, uh, keep in mind what, if you're listening on the podcast or if you're here and you're new to discord, we've had another like five new members and I want to give them a shout out. I, I think some of them are even in here tonight. If I, I'm getting oh, to the awesome. point, um, I'm getting to the point where I see new names and I know that they are new. So, uh, if you're new, if you're new, pop over to the introduce yourself uh thing in the pub like here the here's member some lounge. new names uh david lucas jeff spencer yeah if you're i don't know if any of you guys are in here tonight but we appreciate you you guys have joined over the oh those week. are the new those are the new patrons sweet yep, very cool yep, yep they joined within the last couple of days uh, so if you are new if you're new um and you, and you hear these either on the podcast or live go to the introduce yourself thing we'd love to hear who you are where you live what you do a lot of people have been seeing their first husker game or or something like that which is um has been a lot of cool. And and then the other thing is the Discord's obviously open 24-7. You guys know that by now. I love waking up in the morning and see what people are talking about at night. It's 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 becoming my new, uh, you know, it, it's becoming a big part of what Twitter fulfills for me, but I like it even better. Um, it's more it's more quick. It's people I know and know a little uh, and, and I've talked to before and I know they're not going to be trolls. So um, I, I think that's one of the coolest things about the club is just – that opportunity. And I get it. Everybody's got message boards, but frankly, I think this works a lot smoother. It's, it's more quick. A message board's kind of peaked in around 2003. So I love it. And I, and, and Jake says, Jackson be a mess during Husker hoops. Josh and I are in conversations about what we're going to do for the hoops season schedule. Yes. So again, because we, there are not post game shows on our radio station. I would be willing to do the, the, the scheduling is going to be a lot harder for us 
for those. Yes, because the games will end so late, but I, and you, especially for you. Yeah, I don't really care. Well, regardless, I am willing in principle, and I hope we can figure out how to do at least selected post games. So, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Or or maybe we do a game too, depending on how this thing goes on. This yeah, thing, this thing Saturday. Thing about that is like, I like Nebraska, but I definitely do not like care. You know, like if they do well, cool. But if they don't, <laughs> right. it does right. not ruin my life. Yeah. Well, the, uh, Jake, the thing about the delay is hopefully we'll share a screen and everybody will be watching the yeah. same thing. So. Yeah. And that's why going back to the, to what we're doing on Saturday. That's why we're doing the video where you there we're we're limiting the cap. It's so we can all watch it together at the same. You know, we're not looking at TV. Like, I'm watching the Cowboys game, and I'm, like, a minute ahead of most of you. Yeah. So, that's why we're going to do that for football. And, yeah, if we do it for hoops, we would do that as well. So Biff's we right. Sadly limit the Biff's right. This is my sanctuary. I never – other than everyone inexplicably just going off on me for Kiffin without evidence, it's been – I've not had one negative uh, interaction here in the club mm-hmm. uh, whatsoever, which is very different than my Twitter existence. So, I do yes. – that's that's been one of my favorite things. So, yeah. Um, yeah, there we go. All right, uh, let's end the podcast. Goodbye, podcast. Patreon.com slash IAD if you want to keep, uh, keep this thing going, if you enjoy it. Have a good one.